Masks of Nyarlathotep, Keeper's Diary, Cairo Chapter. Hello, welcome back to the Keeper's Diary for Masks of Nyarlathotep. Um, so the Cairo Chapter is a, a very long chapter, and I didn't keep as good a notes uh, as I wanted to, but uh, I'll try and get most of the, the highlights uh, as I remember them, uh, and the lowlights too, I suppose. Um, so first of all, coming into Cairo, um, because the players had Eulatia as their sort of NPC guide, um, there was no real reason for me to bring in the Mahmoud or Ahmed um, uh, potential guides with <coughs> the um, potential subplot that that can cause. So I was okay with that. I mean, um, in fact, you know, the, the campaign does suggest, in fact, that Elisha could become, uh, a, uh, in fact, a PC, although you'd want to beef, beef up her skills, as it said there. So I didn't feel having, you know, I didn't have a, a problem doing, uh, letting them use use her. Um, <clears throat> I have to say that I think the players were a little more um, uh, thorough in seeing most of the people, although with one major exception uh, of the Clive expedition, which um, kind of frustrated me a little bit. And then I, and then uh, later on, I finally realized that I, how I could use that to my advantage, which I, I hope to talk about a little bit later. Um, I was a little bit surprised that at the arms market they only picked up two hand grenades. Uh, I really thought that the that Mike's character or Mike or John Mike's character um, would have wanted uh, to have more of them, and uh, uh, based on the experience in the uh, Yog players or the uh, the Bradford players and Smith House players. Um, I decided that because, you know, that I really didn't want to have the chance of them being duds. Uh, so I let them go ahead and be real ones. And um, the Tommy gun, um, <clears throat> I figured, well, you know, what the heck. Um, they probably can't smuggle it out or, or you know, out of Cairo into a new, another country. So I didn't mind having them uh, with it. And I thought it was very funny that none of them had, none of them had really real good skill in it. And because of that, none of them wanted to use it later, which I thought was very, very um, uh, privately very amusing that, you know, okay, it's like, oh, who's got the skill? Well, I don't have the skill, so I'm not going to use it. I don't have the skill, so I'm not going to use it. So I, I thought that was very, um, very funny. Um, the meetings that they had with Warren Bassar, I think, uh, was um, pretty enjoyable for me to kind of cut loose as an NPC and really try to... Uh, not you know not just a funny accent, but actually try to put some real emotion, uh, probably overacting uh, or hamming it up quite a bit. But uh, you know, privately, the players told me they thought that was a pretty interesting character, so I was very glad that that worked out uh, pretty well. Um, they visited Omar Shakti fairly early on, and although they kind of figured that he was a bad guy, uh, I'm glad they didn't try to like sneak in or anything because that would have been. Um, well, pretty much impossible the way the campaign is written. Although um, in, in the book does have the contents of his safe, but I really couldn't see a way that I could justify them getting in uh, into the uh, into his place. And I decided that because of because they really showed no signs of being able to. Um, you know, stop him. They didn't seem a threat, so I didn't have the Egyptian cultists follow them around um, in the way that they did in London. And um, yeah, I mean, basically, they they were really harmless <coughs> uh, from his point of view. And and although he's a major villain in the whole in in the uh, the wider campaign circumstances, you know, he's 
in the Cairo chapter, he's really focused just on Nitocris. Uh, and so, so <clears throat> until they actually did something about Nitocris, I figured that Omar Shakti probably would not um, uh, really bother with them. Although he was almost certainly warned by Gavigan, um, I decided that they just, you know, these, these PCs are no threat to me. So I will not, uh, you know, I'll, they're, they're just insects to me, so I won't bother with them. Um, they, I wanted to, to I kind of wanted to have that little side adventure with the plague of cats and, and the, um, uh, former member of the Clive expedition, the Dutch uh, fellow Van Hoovelen. And I did have the cats around, but because they never went to the Clive expedition, um, they never heard about him, uh, about him being fired. And when they talked to uh, Ali Kafur, I actually at the first time I forgot to mention that. And then later I decided, well, but they'll just go to the Clive Expedition, so I'll make it up there. And then they never visited the Clive Expedition, so I never got a chance to bring in um, any more mention of Van Hoovelen, which was, you know, kind of annoying. But again, uh, later on I decided that, um, you know, it was, uh, I wouldn't say a blessing in disguise, but it was, you know, something I was willing to work, work with. Um, so they went off to uh, Naiti's uh, place and got the uh, Eye of Light and Darkness, which is really good. I was also very um, happy the way that in each episode kind of broke out to, you know, one encounter was one episode, with a couple of exceptions. Um, so that... You know, I've I've kind of wonder whether or not the length of these episodes, whether they're too short um, uh, for people's consumption. If pre, uh, you know, if people would prefer them to be longer, I'm a little unsure of whether that's the case. But you know, because of the environment that we play in, uh, it's you know, an hour is likely to be the easiest. Um, you know, that's about the longest I can usually get. If I need to, I can stretch it out longer, but it's kind of hard to to do that because I lose KJ. Um, uh, in the middle of the session or, or, you know, after an hour or so. Um, so the black Pharaoh encounter, um, it was, I don't know if anyone noticed, but in the episode before Hank actually did say he sat, he would sit in the throne and I didn't, I deliberately did not, um, inflict the, um, consequences of that right away. I wanted, I was kind of actually hoping that they would do it, um, by lighting the, the lamps and, um, it, in the next session, I was kind of hoping he'd forget that he said that. And in the next session, he said, well, I'm going to sit in the uh, in the throne. I said, are you really sure you're going to do this? I mean, I wasn't trying to – I don't think I was trying to really say, you know, please don't do this. Or or trying to lead on that doing this would cause any, uh, any further problems. Um, but, uh, well, you know, I did. Uh, or he did. And, he, and so, um, well, you know, he paid for his mistake. Um, I, you know, and, and so that all that exposition went pretty well. The dream stuff, I pulled some of the dream stuff from the companion book, um, which uh, hopefully will be out fairly soon. Um, partly as a little bit of foreshadowing, I wanted to get them to go down under the pyramid, so that's why I had Dr. Boucher no, um, get the vision of Nitocris being resurrected. And then uh, uh, some more foreshadowing, the Mountain of the Black Wind for, I believe that was Bane. Uh, I don't remember exactly who got which dream. But I was pretty sure that I could tempt at least one of the party, and I was glad that I was able to do so. Um, and so I haven't specifically talked with um, with uh, Dr. Weber's player about it, um, 
uh, other than the fact that you know he technically he should have gone indefinitely insane, but I figured that because of the temptation, uh, because he succumbed to the temptation, I decided that he would not really suffer um, such a severe penalty. Now, I didn't want to put three of the party out uh, into an asylum for, um, well, uh, for, for you know, permanently in the case of um, of um, uh, Mike's character. And uh, I do have plans for KJ's character. Flash will come back. He will be back. Um, and Dr. Milk, the, Dr. Milktoast, his replacement character, will then um, uh, kind of become a background character. He'll be with the party, um, or at least, you know, of the party, maybe not with them everywhere, uh, but he'll be a good backup character just in case. Um, Leon, though, I think is probably out. I mean, he's got 11 sanity left, so um, we, uh, Mike, his character, or sorry, his player and I kind of talked about it and figured, well, 11 sand, you know, you can play it. I mean, um, other, other players and other campaigns have played characters with even lower sanity than that, but uh, I just, you know, we discussed it, and I, I suggest, you know, you know, I think this guy's, this character's, you know, he's had his day, um, you, you know, and I get a little metagaming, you know, you're, you're going to go to Africa. Maybe you want to build a character who can function a little bit better there. So that's where um, the, his new character, uh, Clay, Clayton, uh, came from. And he has a potential backup because he's got a partner uh, in his shipping business. So if Clay ever um, dies or goes insane, then I can bring in his, um, uh, or then Mike can bring in uh, his partner who will be the, uh, the boat owner. And um, finally, the I guess the great chamber. Um, well, what can I say? Dr. Boucher is, uh, is a character in uh, more senses than one. Um, I, decided, I, re- I decided that because they hadn't known about Nidicris uh, and the role that the Clive exhibition was playing, I didn't want them to have to face down the resurrection ceremony, despite the dream that Dr. Boucher had. Um, the campaign book suggests that this is a major, major cult event. Um, you know, 800 cultists plus Omar Shakti plus, you know, uh, hundreds of children of the Sphinx. And there was just no way that uh, there's no way that my char- that my players and their characters would have backed down from that. They would have just gone in, guns blazing, grenades throwing, and it would have been a TPK. So um, I decided that they would just uh, it would be empty. The mummy is there, of course. Um, there would be children of the Sphinx there. Um, we, you know, drew that drew that all out. Had a nice big battle. Um, it got some seriously wounded characters, but fortunately, nobody uh, nobody uh, was severe. Uh, nobody died, at least. So that was that was a good thing. And um, what they did, or what they did or did not do with Nidicris's mummy, was just classic. I mean. Um, it you know I was just I was just astounded that they resorted to something as simple as just dropping it in the leech pit because it's so easy for the cultists to to get it back out again if they need to. I mean they already the party already knows Dr. Weber can levitate stuff, so it would certainly stand a reason that anybody with enough magic points could uh, levitate the uh, mummy right out of the uh, the leech pit. But well, you know players don't always think of the most intelligent things to do. Um, finally, 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 they investigated the Clive expedition. And at that point, um, I was 
I would, it would be hard for me to, because of the, what I knew the players would try to do if they saw the ceremony, I really didn't want them to go back down again and face, have to face off the resurrection. So um, based on the background notes for Agatha Broadmoor, I felt that she would think she was strong enough to stop the resurrection of Nidicris from happening. Of course, we know that that's not really the case. And when Flash returns to the party, he will have a little bit more knowledge about um, what happened uh, both at the mosque and uh, possibly some of the uh, some of the resurrection ceremony uh, aftermath. I'm I'm still working on that, and I have I need to have a, a quick session with uh, with KJ with Flash's character. Uh, player to um, sort of bring him up to speed. So I was able to, I, I hope it wasn't too obvious that I was really discouraging. Well, I guess it was in a way pretty obvious. I was discouraging um, further investigation. Um, Agatha mistakenly believed she can stop it. And and um, Clay believed it. So he was able to convince the rest of the party. And uh, they've moved on to Nairobi. So... Um, you know, like I said, I have I have some thoughts. I'm trying to, you know, I I know what they're going to face when they get to the Mountain of the Black Wind. And uh, so hopefully uh, after a few more sessions, uh, they'll be there. And uh, so until next time, thanks for listening. Bye.